0: Chapter Number Four of The Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Homesteader by Oscar Michaud. Epoch the Fourth What Might Have Been jean baptiste was so elated over being invited to call early to see miss irene gray that he went back to the bar where his acquaintances lingered ordered drinks for all and imbibed so freely that when he reached the depot he found the train had left him his disappointment was keen and he was provoked with himself however since it was so he went to a booth called her up and advised her of the fact now wasn't that careless of you she complained i am sure you are very careless i wouldn't have missed it for anything in the world he told her indeed i was so delighted over the prospects of seeing you after these many years and I indulged so freely that I lost a sense of time. How was that? Did you say that you drank? Well, yes, I do, he admitted frankly, but not in a dangerous sense. I do not recall having been drunk, but once in my life, and trust that I will never have occasion to recall a second occurrence. Oh, she echoed i am relieved i don't trust a drinker and the fact that you were left made me suspect you at least i can reassure you on that score i am proud to say that i have the strength of my convictions i am pleased to hear that a man has a poor chance to succeed in the world otherwise i agree with you "'Well, now, let me see when you can get out here,' she said meditatively. After a time he heard her voice again. He had never seen her, not even a photograph of her. He could only estimate her appearance from recalling her brother and from what he had been told. But however she may appear, her voice, to say the least, "'was the most beautiful he thought that he had ever heard. "'He listened to every word she said "'and thought the tone was like sweet music. "'You will have to stay in K.C. all night now,' she said regretfully, "'and I must repeat that I am so disappointed. "'It had been my dream that I would talk with you all the night through.' Whereupon she laughed, and this was even more beautiful than her voice when speaking. But now, she began again, admonishingly, you will rise at eight, no seven, do you understand, and catch a train that leaves the city at eight. I will be at the station to meet you again. I cross my heart that I will catch it. AND IF YOU DO NOT, SO HELP YOU GOD. I HOPE TO DIE IF I MISS IT. WELL, IF YOU DO, DON'T DIE, BUT CATCH THE TRAIN. THAT'S ALL. NOW GOOD-BYE, AND YOU ARE FORGIVEN THIS ONCE. GOOD-BYE. WHATEVER HAPPENED, IT IS irrelevant TO RELATE, BUT JEAN BAPTISTE MISSED THE MORNING TRAIN. And so disgusted was he with himself that he boarded a train for Topeka where he went and appointed some agents intending to get the train back that afternoon. But his Jonah still clung to him, and when he had estimated that the train went at 5.30, it had gone at 4.52, and he was left again i'll catch the morning train if i must sit here all night through he swore so put out with himself that he could say no more he ascertained the exact minute the morning train left and this train found him on time it was sunday in early june and the day was beautiful the air was rich and the growing crops gave forth a sweet aroma He reached the little town near where she lived, and even from the depot, the splendid home in which they lived, could be seen reposing vaingloriously upon a hillside. In the community her father was the wealthiest man, having made his fortune in the growing of potatoes and fruit. She was not at the depot to meet him, And he had not expected her it was perhaps two miles to the big residence on the hill and to this he set out to walk when he arrived the house seemed to be deserted and as it was sunday he surmised that the family were at services he went up to the front door and knocked loudly he was conscious at once of whisperings from the inside presently the door was opened slowly an inch and he saw an eye peeping out at him who are you a voice whispered he told the eye oh yes cried the voice and it happened to be a boy and the cause of the whispering and quietness from the inside was due to certain pranks going on inside. And you're that fellow from up in the northwest, said the youngster, opening the door wide and stepping away to look at him curiously. Yes, I guess that's whom you refer to. We are certainly glad to see you around here, said the other, Irene's been down to the train to meet you three times, and she's sure fighting mad by this time. Oh, say, I really don't blame her a bit to be put to so much trouble and be disappointed in the end. But on the square I had not anticipated being so highly honored. Ah! we've been anxious to know you for years we boys had sort of planned when you was writing to arene two or three years ago to come up there and get in on some of that land that would have been a capital move yes but you quit writing and got married so we heard and had bad luck in the end whereupon he laughed Baptiste looked embarrassed. Where is the family and how many are there of you? i say, we are so many around here that you'll have to get paper and pencil and mark us down to keep track of how many. My father is in Colorado on business while Irene, Mama, and another sister are at the next town up the line attending a funeral and the boys just getting ready to go swimmin'. want to go along say there hasn't enough water fallen where i've lived for the last three years at the right time to fill a pond deep enough to go swimmin' in so i'll just take you up he cried full of the idea it was in the early afternoon when they got back to find that the folks had returned from the funeral. Following the boys, Baptiste entered by the kitchen door to encounter the mother and three daughters, preparing the meal. Hereupon he was caused much embarrassment and discomfiture. For the three girls, he knew not which one was Irene quickly seeing his confusion they laughed long and heartily among themselves finally his predicament became so awkward and an expression of distress crept into his face at this point the most attractive one of the three girls walked forward extending her hand and he saw by the expression she wore that she was sorry for him as she said i'm irene and you are mr jean baptiste she paused then and looked away to hide the color that had rushed to her face while he clutched the outstretched hand just a bit dubiously she looked up then again and seeing that he was still confused and perhaps in doubt she reassured him The joke is over now, thanks. I'm the one you called up and once wrote to. I'm Irene. And with this she led him to the front and showed him her picture, whereupon he was at last satisfied. And you came at last, she said later, when the two were seated in the parlour. At last he laughed and observed her keenly. She noted it and conjectured that it was from a curiosity that was some years old. It was true, and he was seeing her and perhaps thinking of what might have been. She was beautiful, he could see, a mixed type of the present-day Negro. She was slightly tall and somewhat slender, with a figure straight and graceful her hair was of the silken wavy sort not uncommon among the negro of this type such hair seemed to have had its beginning with the cross between the negro and the indian a result that has always been striking when it comes to the hair her face like her figure was straight and slender while her eyes were black quick and small her nose was high bridged and straight to a point while the mouth below was small and tempting but what he observed most of all now and admired forthwith was the chin a wonderful chin long and straight a strong firm chin and as he regarded it he could seem to read the owner Whatever she was or may be, he was confident then that she possessed a strong will, and, in that moment, Orlean recurred to him. Orlean was regarded as a fairly attractive woman, but her chin, unlike that of the one before him, was inclined to retreat, and, of course, he knew only too well that her will had been the weakest you are very successful in missing trains she ventured he laughed and she joined him he looked up then and caught her regarding him keenly out of her half closed eyes and as she did so she reminded him of an indian princess such as he had seen in pictures and read about there was more about her than he had at first observed, and which was made plain in the look she gave him, for in it there was passion. Love to her meant much. Oh, I was so disappointed, she said. It was not you? But how could you have missed the train so often? I cannot account for it i am not in the habit of doing so indeed i think it was because i was overly anxious she laughed then to herself elfin like i have been curious to see you for a long time he was silent and his eyes did not return the look she had given him ever since i received that letter and still he did not reply the subject was too suggestive not to say embarrassing but she was bold he couldn't know now whether she was serious or merely joking but notwithstanding it sounded pleasant to his ears he could hear her voice for a long time he was sure and not grow weary we should pause at this point to make known Perhaps explain that the persons of our story are the unconventional, and with the unconventional what was in their minds was most likely to be discussed. The woman, therefore, was the most curious. She was a woman, and in truth she would have married the man beside her had he have come hither when he had gone to Chicago. What did you do with your little wife? He raised his eyes then, not to look at her, but because of something he did not himself understand. Perhaps it just happened so. She regarded him again, looked him full in the eyes, and his eyes spoke more than words. Strangely, she understood all, almost in a flash, and was sorry. She regretted that she had spoken so directly. She admired him now. When he had looked up, and like that, she had seemed to see and understand at last the man he was. "'Pardon me, please,' she said, and, rising quickly, took a chair nearer his. She reached and touched him on the arm. "'I didn't. I, well—' I didn't intend to be bold she paused in confusion and then went on i hope you will pardon me i am sure i didn't intend to embarrass you it's all right he said and since you have asked me may i explain it was she who was now embarrassed he she looked away in great confusion She was bolder than the conventional girl as a rule, but the subject was delicate, yet she wanted to hear the story that she knew he would never tell. If he did, he was not the type of man she had estimated. Of course you would think me a cad. Ah, well, I have my opinion of a man that would tell his side of such a story to a woman she looked at him then without any embarrassment in her eyes she was able to read the man and all that was him clearly she smiled a smile after this that was one of satisfaction and at that moment her sisters called that the meal was ready End of chapter four the fourth what might have been recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c